You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.pagosity.tv. Your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.pagosity.tv now. Welcome to the Pagosity Podcast for the week of December 3rd, 2017. The podcast that woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. This is your host, Shane Killian, and returning this week is Charles Thomas. Welcome back, Charlie. Uh, how many people miss this great voice? Probably not much, but still, I'm here. One more bit to close the loop on this whole AR-15 discussion. A lot of people have been saying, okay... They're not AR-15s, but you can call them AR-15-style rifles. Turns out you don't have to. The industry has a term for them. They're called MSRs, Modern Sporting Rifles, so just call them that instead of worrying about AR-15 style or anything like that. Oh, well. It's just people just want to call it things. I I think AR-15 has become like this really scary term. It's like, ooh, it's not even that powerful a rifle. You know, it's a nice little uh, catch-all. For the media to, you know, to say bad gun, bad this, that, and the other. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of handguns that are more powerful than the R-15. Oh, lots of them. Okay, let's phlebotomize the news of the bogus. And we start off with more bogosity from the news media, as The Atlantic deliberately edits comments posted on Twitter to make it look like WikiLeaks was colluding with Donald Trump Jr. to fix the election, plus Russians somehow. <laughs> They're trying to hang Donald Trump on this, but they are, there are so many things you can hang him on other things. And we will. Yes. <laughs> Later in this podcast, we will. It's just this whole thing that there's all these other issues. They'll get ignored, and it's going to be like the same bizarre effect that happened with um, uh, Obama. Yo, there were some critical things that you could have brought up, but instead everyone brought up, you know, oh my gosh, he's um, Kenyan. Yeah, it's the same stuff. You just swap the sides. So they do everything they can to smear WikiLeaks, trying to make them look like the sleazy organization that the Atlantic is. So what did they do that's so sleazy and colluding and election-fixing? They asked Donald Trump Jr. to release his father's tax returns, something the mainstream media kept insisting was important for some reason. WikiLeaks tries to get them to actually do that, and somehow that means they're colluding? What? Yeah, well, you know, it's colluding because the Democrats tell said so. Yeah. That's what it is. So obviously, if you're a leak outlet and you're going to try to do this, you're going to try to appeal to the self-interest of the person you're trying to convince. Well, listen to the Atlantic spin this the way they want. Quote, It is the third reason, though, WikiLeaks wrote, that is the real kicker. If we publish them, it will dramatically improve the perception of our impartiality, WikiLeaks explained. That means that the vast amount of stuff that we are publishing on Clinton will have much higher impact because it won't be perceived as coming from a pro-Trump, pro-Russia source, period. They ended the sentence there. And that clearly means that they're secretly colluding with Russia and want something that'll cover for that, right? Well, the problem is that period isn't there. The sentence actually continues. Here's how it actually ends, quote, 
because it won't be perceived as coming from a pro-Trump, pro-Russia source, which the Clinton campaign is constantly slandering us with. They deliberately cut out that last clause. They didn't even put in an ellipsis, which is what you should do to denote something was omitted. Exactly. I mean, this is basic stuff. This is stuff I'm learning in college about how to cite sources. I mean, this is either gross incompetence or basically malicious intent. This is disturbing, and uh, I, I don't get this. So the way The Atlantic reported it makes WikiLeaks look like it's colluding with Trump to hide their pro-Trump, pro-Russia agenda. The full sentence conveys the exact opposite. But lots of other reporters and pundits have seized on this as proof, not even bothering to check the original source. So here's an interesting twist to this story. The story's author... Julia Yaffe accused Trump Jr. of only selectively publishing the exchange, saying, quote, There are a couple of pages missing in this release, and of course that got spread around too. Well, as it turns out, they weren't. She just didn't realize there were three separate screenshots that were tweeted. So she deleted her tweet and made a new tweet where she said, quote, My bad. Didn't realize there were three tweets. Carry on. But here's the thing. Her saying that to begin with, proves that she had copies of everything and she knew what was in the entire exchange and she deliberately chose to misrepresent it anyway. Again, this is why people have no trust in the media. It's and even after all that came out, MSNBC's Chris Hayes had Yaffe on to talk about this completely uncritically, and they both regurgitated the deceptively edited quote. Yaffe even insisted at the end that her story confirms collusion between WikiLeaks and Russia without ever acknowledging any of these issues. But it's MSNBC, Shane. They, they, you know how they get down. So at this point, oh I'm no, no, they're perfect. Only Fox News is biased. Oh goodness gracious! You know. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. I grew up enjoying the original Saturday Night Live and let me tell you, people, what they are now is pretenders. There have been a couple of casts that were really good since then, but not many, and I don't think any of them achieved the quality of the original. Now, one of those original cast members was not Steve Martin, but you could be forgiven for thinking it, given the number of times he appeared on the show. And one of his classic routines 
was a song about King Tut. And now, a whole bunch of SJW snowflakes are all butthurt over the routine, calling it white supremacy. Now you see, people, this is how you get President Trump. Students at Reed College in Portland, Oregon had watched it in a humanities class and had apparently missed the point completely, becoming all triggered and insisting that the course be made optional as a result. The main group raising us think about this is Reedies Against Racism, whose spokes idiot says it was, quote, like somebody making a song just littered with the N-word everywhere. Now, for the record... There is a grand total of one racial epithet in this song, and it's honky. What? <laughs> wow. She also said, quote, The gold face of the saxophone dancer leaving its tomb is an exhibition of blackface. How is gold face anything even remotely resembling blackface? I don't remember black people, you know, turning gold. Well, it's based on the fact that the ancient Egyptians gold-plated their idols. Yeah. I mean, does this moron think that Egyptians really did have gold skin? No. It is, it is, that is the most stupidest thing I've ever seen. You know, it was a mixture of cultures. You had black uh, Egyptians, you had white Egyptians, you had all these other Egyptians there. It was a, well, multicultural society, as it were. They've made a list of demands, which includes a paid day off so that they can boycott. <laughs> Others are, quote, mandatory conferences for building race sensitivity for staff and faculty. The creation of particular scholarships for black students, because, you know, nothing fights racism like basing benefits on skin color. And another is annual anti-oppression workshop for all students, faculty, staff, and administration. Just no, I'm sorry. This whole day off, the, the people with the civil rights movement, they didn't ask their bosses, like, oh, we're going to have a, uh, a chance to fight. Oh, well, we got to have an off day to do it. No, they said, okay, we're going to probably lose our jobs and everything, but this was a march. This is something that will, you know, change our lives, not for us, uh, but also for our children, for everyone else there. They took the, they, they knew the risk of doing these type of things. Here's the thing. The King Tut bit is not making fun of Tutankhamun or Egyptians. It's lampooning the King Tut mania that was sweeping the nation at the time, and they have no excuse for not realizing it since the first thing that happens is Martin comes out before the song and tells you that. And he says, quote, It's a national disgrace the way we've commercialized King Tut with trinkets and toys, t-shirts and posters. That is a very powerful statement. Which has been missed by these people who are just, they, they didn't just miss the point. They basically did a, a moonsault corkscrew flip and missed the point. This, this generation is just so, I don't know what happened to the, the what happened? What, what's going on? And the song itself contains lines like, he gave his life for tourism. I mean, there's not much of a way you could mistake what the, target of this humor is yes it's against the whole consumerism instead they just look at it as saying a guy who is dressing up as king tut it's not really subtle I, how can people mess this up how do they mess this up but this has serious consequences read assistant professor lucia martinez valdivia a gay mixed-race woman said in an op-ed for the Washington Post that she's actually afraid to talk about sensitive subjects in class because of snowflakes like these, quote, 
Some colleagues, including people of color, immigrants, and those without tenure, found it impossible to work under these conditions. And she said that the protests had, quote, intimidated faculty into silence just as intended. Of course, this stuff right here, if, you, if they just want no one to challenge them, the no-challenge society. What I want to know is, what would they think about Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bengals? Maybe, uh, I think they would just um, <laughs> crap their pants in terror. <laughs> if you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.bogosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Here's another trend we've noticed several times in the past. Governments passing restrictions on feeding the homeless, this time in Atlanta. Homeless advocate Marshall Rancifer witnessed police giving out flyers to people trying to distribute food, which said that feeding the homeless requires a permit. Rancifer said, quote, I've never been required to have a permit. I've been feeding people on the streets for 17 years. But Police Chief Joseph Spillane says this is a real problem. Quote, if you look around the city where these feedings happen, kind of like feedings like they're animals or something, unfortunately there's trash everywhere afterwards and someone has to clean that up. Yeah, how dare people, yeah. Spillane is engaging in what he calls a homeless outreach program, advocating more humane places to serve them, like churches or shelters, in other words, indoors. Once again, we see the government policy towards the homeless is just to put them where they cannot be seen, even though a secondary goal of a lot of these programs is to bring the issue of homelessness to the public eye. This hopefully will grow the myth of people saying that government is a perpetual nicety and such. It's like this nice, cool big brother. It's not. Yeah, I mean, they don't actually want to help the homeless. They just want to get them where they can't be seen. So it's like, oh, look at that. Government... Fix the problem of the homeless, no. Out of sight, out of mind. Yep. Rancifer also pointed out that if they really wanted to do this, well, maybe the peach tree pine homeless shelter shouldn't have been closed down. And in fact, it's right after that that the Atlanta police began handing out the flyers. Of course. The police want the homeless directed to churches and shelters, but Rancifer pointed out that there just aren't enough of them to take in all of the unsheltered homeless. You know, out of sight, out of mind. I keep repeating myself, but yeah, that's what it is. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. 
That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to mistransliterate this week's biggest bogan emitter. And for the third time since taking office, it's President Donald Trump, not counting the idiot extraordinaire he got right after his inauguration. This time, it's for ordering news outlet RT to register as a foreign agent. Oh, dear. They used to be known as Russia Today, and it continues to be funded by the Russian government. But as of right now... Out of over 400 foreign agents, they are the only foreign media organization required to register. No others, not Al Jazeera, not the BBC, none of them have been required to register as foreign agents. Yet, at any rate. And yet Donald Trump is a Russian agent. Wait. <laughs> yeah. How can they hold both of these thoughts in their head at the same time? Because I don't trust the American media. I don't know why. I, I should trust the, the home team, as it were. Well, I mean, there's reasons not to trust the BBC and RT, but at least you're getting different points of view, and maybe if you kind of combine them together, you can get some idea of what reality is. Uh, hopefully. And all this is done under the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which was passed in 1938 to register people connected with the Nazi Party, this law requires that RT disclose confidential data, including the personal data of all of its staff. And that's under threat of arrest, by the way. Yeah. RT has said they will comply with the demand, and actually by the time we've recorded this, they have done and they're already registered. But they've also said that they'll challenge the decision in court. Editor-in-Chief Margarita Simonian said, quote, we believe that the demand does not only go against the law, and we will prove it in court, the demand is discriminative, it contradicts both the democracy and freedom of speech principles. It deprives us of fair competition with other international channels, which are not registered as foreign agents. Again, Donald Trump's secret Russian agent so much that he bombed Syria, <laughs> now is destroying their Russian uh, news organization. Well, and he also might be making things bad for American news agencies in Russia, according to Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova, quote, If someone starts to fight dirty, perverting the law by using it as a tool to eradicate the TV station, every move aimed against the Russian media outlet would be repaid in kind. And the shameful thing... Washington journalists actually applauded this. Even the ACLU is silent, despite the fact that the news director of RT America was threatened with arrest. Oh my goodness. Well, and I keep thinking back to things like how it was RT that was the only one that was doing things like hosting third-party debates. 
I guess it's horrible to be one of the few news outlets that let people know all of their options. Hey, you hear that, BBC World News? Just in case you get any ideas about covering U.S. elections fairly. And I'm tempted to say way to go, RT. I mean, you must have stuck under somebody's craw to draw this ire, and that's really what news organizations are supposed to do. Comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Uh, sadly, that's a uh, rarity these days. Yeah. Seems like it's a reverse. Oh, yeah, pretty much. So all of that earns Donald Trump his third biggest bug on emitter. If you're going to shop online, use our special links to shop at Amazon. Clear your cookies and go to Amazon.Pagosity.tv, and you won't pay a penny more for your purchase. If you haven't used the mobile app in the last 12 months, or even at all, go to get5.bogosity.tv on your phone or tablet and get $5 off your order of $10 or more. Go to prime.bogosity.tv for a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime and enjoy thousands of movies and TV episodes, borrowed Kindle books, and get unlimited two-day shipping for free. And speaking of Kindle, go to kindle.bogosity.tv for a 30-day free trial to Kindle Unlimited, read over one million books, and listen to thousands of audiobooks on any device. You can go to music.bogosity.tv and get a free 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited with access to Amazon's entire library of 10 million songs, ad-free and with unlimited skips, and even download to listen offline. All great ways to help this podcast simply by shopping at Amazon. And now let's spike the brownies of this week's and apparently the Buffalo Township Police were high on something when they arrested Audrey and Edward Kramer for having, get this, Knopf hibiscus plants, which they thought were marijuana. Well, you know, because it's a plant, and marijuana's a plant. And they've got long, pointy leaves, so they must be the same. Oh, you know, it could be just poison ivy. And, you know, you don't want to do that, smoke poison ivy, or even go touch it. Oh, that might be a horrible practical joke. Put a whole bunch of poison ivy somewhere to call up the police and say that it's marijuana. Oh, yeah. We gotta you know, confiscate all this. Oh, wait, why am I itching? <laughs> Audrey said, quote, I'm starting to understand why a lot of the public do not trust police officers. I really feel like I've been smacked in the face with this. And no, I don't think I'll ever trust a police officer again. It's a good lesson to learn. Shame she had to learn it the hard way. Like most people, the lessons is always is learned the hard way. And um, again, this this whole comes back to the war on drugs because hey, it always works when it doesn't. In fact, the only people I think it has worked for is the cartels, the gang members here. And Apparently, police were acting on a tip from their nationwide insurance agent who saw the plants and apparently misidentified them, but the police's response was to storm their house, harass them, take the plants, and arrest them instead of, you know, doing actual police work, which I would think entail looking at the plants to see what they were first. According to their attorney, Al Lindsay, quote, She came down. She opened the door. She was confronted with what she thought was a dozen police officers with assault weapons who said they had a warrant. They pushed her. They went through the house. Yeah. And, you know, just they have all these things. Oh, they're just here to help you. Please. Yeah, they have military-grade weaponry. Yeah. What are you going to do in a small community that needs to have this type of uh, high-impact weaponry? 
And by the way, this started back in 96, by the way. So thanks a lot, President Clinton. That helped out so much. The Kramers are suing the police as well as Nationwide Insurance and their insurance agent, Jonathan Yeamans. And I really have to wonder about the mentality of people like Yeamans. What makes people think they have to go running to the government based on anything even remotely suspicious, no matter how harmless? I'd just hate to invite him over in case he misidentifies my oil lantern as a bong. Oh, yeah. And that just has to make the Buffalo Township Police this week's... Idiot Extraordinary! Well, that wraps up this. I didn't even know she was pregnant. I thought she was stealing office equipment. That's how I got that monitor home edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate using the links on the website or the QR codes in the thumbnail or become a patron at patreon.bogosity.tv and get the podcast and YouTube videos early and without ads or promos. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Charles Thomas for joining me. No problem. Until next time, here's a quote from Perry Willis. Where did the permit issuers get their permits to issue permits? How do we know they're any damn good at deciding who gets permits and who does not? The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international license. Bogosity. Christmas time is coming, and the most classic of Christmas stories is A Christmas Carol. But how much do you know about the original Charles Dickens novella? Have you dismissed it as a children's book with one-dimensional characters amounting to nothing but platitudes and clichés? Maybe your appreciation of the book was even muted by those dry, boring, annotated books they made you read in school. My book, the sarcastically annotated A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, uses both facts and humor to present the book in a way you probably haven't seen it before. Giving praise when deserved and beratement when warranted, this book is put in the perspective of its time and shows a dimensional, multi-layered Ebenezer Scrooge from start to finish. Skepticism, history, and even economics are employed to show the book in relation to today in an easily accessible format. Appreciate the Christmas of your youth all over again, Get the sarcastically annotated A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, available at Amazon and on PDF as well.